Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. Jackson, guess what Randy Carricker just said? What do you say, Tim? I like that that you're that you're playing along. It's like San Fernando Valley mid '90s acting level here. Oh, by the way, it's balloon party driven by Mungana, St. Louis Acura, and Toyota. He said, "When I grow up, I want to be Tim McKernan." Randy Carricker said, "Did you get that audio? Did you record it? I want to use that as a drop." Uh, well, get security cam. We need Rocky in here just to be the laugh track. Yeah, for the rest of the show. <laughs> That was a good one. It was perfect. We do need it. This is the kind of show that's so lowbrow that it requires a laugh track. Balloon Party, driven by Mung and Ass, is filmed in front of a live studio audience. The laugh track. Get involved on the show. Your personal attacks are welcome, and we read throughout. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service, text line. Jackson's on a high today. First off, it's a wide berth Thursday. You love a good wide berth. Don't we all? So text in, I'll deep dive. The people, uh, we get these requests on the Thursdays that are wide berth Thursdays, and if we get one that makes my synapses fire, I'll give you background. I don't know, but but to me, for me to just name it, it needs to trigger my memory. Jackson does this with his, uh, what is today's thing called? Oh, wow. Uh, the Thursday... Will Pills Thursday Thunderdome. That's right. Oh, and the there was alliteration and everything. Will Pills Thursday Thunderdome. So I'll I'll tell stories. I'm happy to tell stories. So fire away. Fire them in the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, so we have that and a wide berth Thursday. But really, Jackson is peacocking all over Hubbard Radio St. Louis because the Missouri Tigers came back from 10 down with five minutes left in the game to beat Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hurt yourself now. Uh, yeah, boy, I did not get much sleep last night. That game took four. Were you? Could you? Could you not fall asleep because no. you were on such a high? Uh, no, I was actually like, like. Did Kobe Brown get to bed before you did? No, 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 no. As soon as the game ended, I brushed my teeth and just went to bed. But uh, there was times like when they were down ten, I was like, boy, my eyes are getting heavy at this point. Because I mean, it starts at eight, started late because of the, I guess the Florida A and M game, and then took forever. I mean, you're calling fifty six fouls. 50. Six fouls. Fifty-six fouls. So this so is where Jackson and I disagree, and this is where you also you'll stand up to me, and I like that. It's time Absolutely. for you to start standing up to me. Don't yeah. be afraid of me. Don't be afraid of me. I know I'm an intimidating presence. Right. It's the beard. Is it really the beard? Yeah. I do kind of like my beard. It's a good looking beard. I, I, I'm jealous as hell. Yeah. I know. I, I, it's the only thing I got going. I don't even know if it's that great. But anyway, digressing. Um, Jackson doesn't like when I'm critical of college basketball. And I understand it. You're passionate about it. My observation before the game going in, so maybe this is my own bubble. This is my own echo chamber in which I'm the only person saying it. But I said it last week when they lost A&M. I said it last week when they lost to Florida. 
said it when they lost in Arkansas, and I said it would come around when Missouri got to host games. It's fun for me as a Missouri guy to see Missouri. I really buy into Dennis Gates, bought yep. into Dennis Gates before they even started playing, buy in even more so. I just think he's the real deal. I really do. I, I'm so impressed and excited as a Missouri fan, and to come back from 10 down speaks to his coaching, his staff, and those players because that was a desperate Arkansas team. Um, but the officiating college basketball, from my standpoint, Jackson, is so tilted to the home team that it really makes it just it's it's arbitrary call festival that will benefit the home team. And so last night, I'm on a live betting heater here, and it struck me as it was so obvious. It's it scared me, but mm-hmm. you know, having played poker, it's like even if you're only a 52 point or 52 percent favorite, you get your money in good. You got an obligation. Otherwise, don't sign up if you're not comfortable being a favorite. And at one point, Missouri got to be only down six. It's not when they were down ten. They got to be plus five and a half points and I immediately live bet it and my reasoning was I was monitoring the box score while watching the game because Arkansas had so much foul trouble now Missouri had a bunch of fouls as well but Kobe Brown is the one that I'm always watching yeah as you should and he only had one I think for the, at the completion of the game I think he had one maybe he got one in the final minute or I think two he got picked up a cheap one towards the end. okay but the point is he was but Arkansas up and down had oh, yeah. um Jordan Walsh fouled out with seven minutes or so left. He was on a heater. Yep. Uh, and eventually and four players yeah. fouled out for Arkansas. Missouri hit eight free throws in the final 27 seconds. That was huge. Uh, the fact that they did hit them because they were at 63% free throw percentage at one point in the game. And listen, when it's your team and it's home, it's great. When it's not your team, it's brutal. But just it, it taints the game for me. I'm thrilled for Missouri. I'm thrilled for the win as a Missouri fan. But that part bothers me. Sir, your retort. I think that your premise in general is astute. Like the home team does, for the most part, get some of the 50-50 calls. Because in basketball, especially with the way that the game is played nowadays, where it's so physical and so fast, it's split-second calls. And if it's 50-50, the home team, more often than not, I would say, would get that call. I think last night... While it, it was an over-officiated game, it was obviously going to be very physical. It's two very physical teams. Arkansas plays a short bench. So they have to be physical. Mizzou plays a lot of guys, but they're undersized, so they have to be physical. I just thought it was overcalled, but it, I thought it was also consistent, that there was a lot of calls, but it was going on, I thought, in my opinion, for the most part, both ways. About five minutes left in the game, both Arkansas and Mizzou had shot the same amount of free throws. It looks a lot worse because Arkansas plays that short bench where four of their five starters were fouling out because they really don't rotate. That's mostly due to injury. Uh, but I, I agree with the premise in general. I thought last night, while it was over-officiated, I thought they called it fair both ways. Now, I cannot ignore my bias. Right. I'm a and, huge and, Mizzou fan. Right. And so I can't. I understand that that might cloud my judgment. If I if, if I were an Arkansas fan, I would have been going crazy during that. And that's the thing. So I mean, listen. But 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 hey, when you're on the road in Fayetteville, when you're on the road in College Station, when you're on the road in Gainesville, we saw what happened. Yeah. And now because Missouri won, turning our attention back to what really the focal point is and should be, um, I think they're free rolling a bit. In other words, playing without much baggage. Mm-hmm. If they win against number four Alabama on Saturday, great. If they don't, they're not expected to. I would imagine they'll be, what do you think, a four and a half to five point underdog? You think that's right? You think it'd be higher? Uh, I think five and a half is the right okay. number. I think five and a half is the right um, number. 
so they got a win they had to have. Meanwhile, Arkansas is one and four in the SEC in a four-game four losing losing yeah. streak. So Missouri's chances to get in the NCAA tournament really did hinge on those final five minutes, and what a credit to the team to be able to to mount that charge. But again, you can kind of see it coming if you recognize that, as you said, Arkansas doesn't have the depth Missouri has, although Missouri didn't have no Carter last night. So yes, that's, a, right. that's a big factor. And Arkansas, of course, now Arkansas was missing two of their big-time players, <laughs> right, except with them, fans. you knew they weren't going to be playing. Noah Carter was announced at 640 for an 8, eight o'clock tip. Yep. Um, but overall, to come back from a 10-point deficit, you just could see it coming because you knew Arkansas was in foul trouble. By the end of the game, there were guys out there in Arkansas who normally aren't going to get many minutes. Agreed. because if And that's the thing. Even had they tied it up at the very end, uh, going into overtime, I think Missouri would have been a three-point favorite because Arkansas would have been playing four out of five non-starting players. Totally agree. Yeah, they they were getting close to where it was like every single one of their starters was coming out, including guys like Ricky Council, who's a first-round pick, and Anthony Black was kind of in foul trouble and fall out, but he's going to be a first-round pick. So they're so loaded. It kind of I feel bad. I don't have that like hate for Arkansas that I do for other schools, such as Rack Chalk. Rock chalk. I really don't like Auburn. Um, oh, really? You're Auburn anti- basketball. Eagle? Auburn basketball. I don't. Right. I don't like Bruce Pearl. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, Bruce Pearl factor. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm, what you're bonding with Illinois fans right now. I, I well, unintentional I, bonding. I am an Illinois guy outside of the bragging rights game. I root for Illinois. I hope they. Then do why well. did you tell people from the six one eight to never text into this show? <laughs> that 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 right pull there. Pull the audio. Somebody pull the audio. <laughs> Just look into the, the studio audience. I'm in the studio <laughs> audience. Pull it. Uh, no, I think that Mizzou going into Alabama, especially, you win that game, your ticket's halfway punched. You basically go 500. Well, your more than halfway punched at yeah. that point. Yeah, because that would be another quad win against a top five team in the country. Home or away, it doesn't matter. That's a huge victory. So, And they're kind of in a really good spot as, as it is right now. But the SEC, it's going to be hard to get wins every single game. By law of averages, they can't keep shooting as poorly as they have. Arkansas, as good as they are, tied for last place in the uh, SEC. With respect to um, the atmosphere, I thought it was incredible. It was a painful game with the pace of play. Yeah. Gabe DeArmond, friend of the show, was losing his mind on the Twitter tweets as the colonel was one to do. And uh, he had 56 fouls called. Four Arkansas players fouled out. Three of their five starters fouled out. Four players in total. And uh, that certainly was painful. But the atmosphere, it's just good to see people fired up about it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, I mean, this this was not expected. These, this essentially is a, a cast of transfers, many of whom were Dennis Gates players at Cleveland State. One uh, who had perhaps the biggest basket of the night, Golston, uh, uh, with about a minute left from Milwaukee. Big shot Golston. So you're seeing uh, a team with expectations that weren't particularly high winning back a fan base that really had been dormant for a number of years. And that is exciting to see. Uh, Illinois is playing in Indiana or against Indiana tonight. They are favorites, and the Billikens were five and a half point favorites last night, and it looked tight initially. I was watching that game before the Missouri game tipped off at eight. Billikens started earlier on at six, and just absolutely beat the hell out of Loyola uh, in the second half, and so they wound up winning comfortably. Now they're thirteen and six. The issue is the quality of wins. That's the problem when the tournament rolls around, but. Get some momentum going and maybe get back into the picture, Jackson. Yeah, the loss to Auburn really sucks. Because that would have been a nice one. That would have been a huge quad one win. Um, At this point, 
there's really nothing they can do outside of winning the A-10 tournament that I see, because other than their non-conference wins just aren't impressive enough to put them over teams who have those quad one victories in the same mid-major level. Uh, but you, all you can do is win, so win out, basically, and, and play really well in the A-10 tournament, and maybe you have a shot. Uh, I think that they're a super talented team. They just lack some shooting. Perkins hasn't looked the same since he's come back. But they're really a talented club, and I think they're well-coached. So I hope to see them get in, but they kind of have to kind of press it at this point. We both – you had on one of your polls here recently that Travis Ford would be back. We both voted yes. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. It's a wide berth Thursday. No guests. So this is where we can just flow. So I'm going to check the uh, Air Comfort Service text line in our commercial break and see if there are, is a request that will lead to a deep dive. Fire away. Anything is welcome. Anything is welcome. Uh, if you want a deep dive on Jackson's, uh, now we, it turns out 14 guys are going into this cabin in April. So one of Jackson's friends called into TMA today to defend the trip and then revealed there are only seven beds in the cabin and now two more gentlemen are going. We can do a deep dive on that. Anything is welcome. 314-399-9646. And don't forget, while Jackson and I will not be there, because Jackson and I will be in Jamaica with Jackson staying in a room with Lisa Ann, we're not BSing, uh, 101 ESPN's Championship Bash is happening next Sunday at Helen Fitzgerald's. Oh, I love the wings at so Helen good. Fitzgerald's. So good. And they have crinkle-cut fries. Ooh, extra seasoning, please. I'll take it. Join members of the 101 ESPN crew. Car Shield, Bud Light, and David Taylor Ellisville for the AFC and NFC Championship Games. Enjoy tons of TVs to watch the games, food and drinks, music, a bunch of giveaways throughout the day and more. The Bash kicks off with a live pregame show broadcast at 11 a.m. Uh, we hope to see you next Sunday at Helen Fitzgerald's for Champ Bash. Brought to you by Car Shield, Bud Light, and David Taylor Dodge Jeep Ram in Ellisville. I'm going to dive into uh, the Air Comfort Service text line, deep dive requests, and then also we have the Little Pills Thursday throwdown. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. I knew there was some alliteration in there as well. You're listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Accurate here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson. Yo. I mean, we have we have quite a supply of choices for the deep dive. Nice. The listener's coming through. Keep bringing them in. Uh, 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service tax line. They're coming in left and right. I'll give you I'll give you some I'll give you a sampling and then I like we'll go to the what is it the Little Piddles Thursday throwdown. Why do I keep saying throwdown? I th- I'm going to use that. That one's going to be used next Thursday. <sighs> I it myself. Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple on this topic which I think is a big topic. I also know probably for the majority of the audience, at the moment, it isn't all that interesting. And certainly, understandably, the Cardinals are going to downplay it. But I've seen this a couple times. I mean, we got about 50 deep dive requests, but this one I saw a couple different times. Could the trouble the regional sports networks are in and the possible loss of revenue the Cardinals lead to a selling of the team? The selling of the team is a different conversation than how could it impact the team's business. Sure. And as I've said a couple of different times when asked about the Cardinals and Jackson's wide variety of alliteration games that we play <laughs> daily on the show, I'm just confused by the offseason. Yeah. I'm just confused by the offseason. I wouldn't describe myself as angry, but I also know a lot of fans are. And honestly, I can't blame people for that. I'm not scolding you for feeling that way. 
the president of baseball operations at the outset of the offseason says we are going to increase payroll. And yes, by definition, it did happen, but it certainly, and he would have to understand, didn't do it to the level that people expected because he said it. It's not something that he regularly says. And you're sitting here going, wow, they'll be in Jupiter in three weeks. What in the world's going on? One of my theories is that what's going on with the regional sports networks and the potential bankruptcy and the impact on the Cardinals' finances as a shareholder, albeit a minority shareholder, um, could be in play. Cardinals aren't going to say that publicly. It would be asinine for them to. Right. They're incredibly smart business people. Smart business people usually don't go popping off to the press. But that's something that I wonder about. Uh, I think Randy Carricker's assessment that Cody Bellinger was a left-handed hitter is spot on. Right. I think he's right on target there. I don't know if people would be jumping up and down if it would have been Contreras and Bellinger. I think there's a great amount of concern with regards to the pitching staff for this year. And then you go, oh, and then there's only one guy under contract for 2024. Yeah. So that's a bigger issue. Yeah, for sure. So there's there I just I don't I don't really understand it. I don't know what the point was of saying that at the beginning of the offseason you're gonna increase payroll and then not delivering on it. And then when asked about it at the winter warm up, you know, and I know people aren't listening to every single minute of this show, but I said I think because I like John Mazzale. I I really do like him. I like him as a guy. I think he has been straightforward, both in my interactions with him. Personally, and in his dealings with the media, I really do like him. I also understand why fans get irritated with the manner with which he answers questions. And this past Saturday or Sunday at the winter warmup was a prime example of that. Because as opposed to being defensive regarding the team's offseason moves to date, because there's still some time left, but it's certainly narrowing, um, I would say, you know what? I understand. Based on what I said at the beginning of the offseason, I understand fans being a little frustrated, and I don't blame you because I thought things were going to be different this offseason as well. But if you take a look around the game, the spending from a handful of clubs increased exponentially, and we didn't believe that we should pass up those offers, as in exceed those offers, to be able to still deliver a quality product year in and year out. And that was our reasoning. So with hindsight, it's something that I said that I did not see coming with regards to the changes in the spending of a handful of teams that moved to the market, as opposed to kind of going, well, I mean, our payroll did increase, so it's in the eye of the beholder. All that does is just kind of alienate people. And I think that goes back to why the Blues have a different relationship at the moment with their fan base than the Cardinals do. The one between the Cardinals fans and the Cardinals at the moment, despite the fact that the organization has been in the mix nearly every single year for a postseason spot since 2000, is one of, they don't spend enough. They don't care. They're more worried about Ballpark Village. They got profits anyway. Who cares? Uh, and distrust, whereas the Blues, well, I mean, Stillman, he's trying his best, and let's just hope they get a playoff series to help out Mr. Stillman. You know, and you know, an army we trust, which I realize that has certainly decreased here over the last few months. But still, his approval rating is higher than John Mazzalock's yeah. in this market without question. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jackson, I got sidetracked. Here we go. Let's go with the Little Piddles Thursday. Hey, Thunderdome. <sighs> Of all the local teams, that includes college, all the way from Columbia to Urbana-Champaign, who do you think will have the strongest next five seasons? Champagne or Barlow? Is it? Is not okay. Fair enough. So I just, I just want you to keep winning back the folks who wear the oh, orange. Yeah, on the IL side for sure. <laughs> who has the best next five years? Yeah, who you th- like? Who are you high, like if you're buying stocks? No, yeah, I get it. Um, 
Oh, this puts me in the tank. This is the Thunderdome. Yeah, this Thunderdome doesn't play. <laughs> God, I don't know. The Cardinals? Cardinals. Wow. That's a, I guess that's... The Cardinals do, they have, I mean, you had the, the top 100 released yesterday. The Cardinals had four in the top 100 and a couple right on the outside. Right. The number four ranked prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one and two, right? In addition to Nolan Arnato, you know, I just, they're, they're in a, they're in a good position. Yeah. I know that, I know that you would not feel that way necessarily if you're in St. Louis. And then that's why like when Greg Amsinger drops by with Randy Carrick and Kerry Davis, he's just confused, but if you're asking me the next five years, I don't. I would love for it to be Missouri football. Maybe mm. it'll be Missouri basketball. I don't think it's the Blues. I think the Blues are in a tough spot. Yeah, and I don't know how that gets fixed. So I will go with the Cardinals, and it's not necessarily because I'm choosing between a couple different options. It's more of a by default. Who do you go with? I assume Missouri basketball. Yeah, I, I actually I think that if you're seeing what Dennis Gates has done right now with this team of just transfers who've never played together outside of a few, imagine what he can do with him and C.Y. Young recruiting if they play that style of basketball throughout his tenure here. You know what I think you are? I think you're the most precious prince I've ever met. <laughs> so I hate to do this to you. But unfortunately, most likely, if he does have some kind of ridiculous run, he is going to be plucked. Sure. Now, I hope that's not the case. I've been on board from the moment that his first press conference. I remember listening to it at a bread company. I won't say Panera. uh, Down the road, uh, whenever he was hired months ago, and going, I kind of buy in here. And I like last night, I don't know, his tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. About uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I can't he praise the fan base, but also oh, that he was questioning whether or not he should use his last time out with seven right. minutes left. Right, right. I love that kind of stuff, and how he'll just tweet out plays of other basketball games and talk about strategy. Uh, whiteboard Wednesday. It's so that's endearing. Yeah, it's not, and it's not just Drinkwitz who does it. So this isn't like okay, we've talked about Dennis Skates, now we got to compare it to Drinkwitz. College coaches in general, like the the coach of Oregon. Like tweet out, he's with ever these guys with their cigars on social media, <laughs> you know. And it's just, hey, there's another way to appeal to people via social media without acting like an ass, right. especially if you haven't won anything. Anyway, I get it. I'm just, I'll enjoy it as because it's a good problem to have. If other schools want your coach, that means your your coach right. is doing great things. And what I would look at is, I mean, you see Eric Musselman down at Arkansas, back to back Elite Eight appearances. It looks like to me that he's trying to build a make that a program. You know, you kind of have two options. You can make your program a power a, a blue blood, That's, and it just depends on the personality. Sure. And you're a hundred percent right. Mark Few would be an example yeah. of that in, in, in Spokane. So I get it, and I think what you've seen a lot of those blue blood programs, both in football and basketball, the tolerance level for building the program is much much shorter than say it would be in columbia missouri yeah so there is value to that and maybe you won't see guys just bouncing around and getting thrashed if they lose a game yeah you know in college basketball in november and college football in september yep yeah i I agree you can make you can make your school Power the power school or you can go to the power school and it just depends on the personality what do you who do uh, sorry what do you think is STL's sports reputation viewed nationally? What do you think? You're not people... talking about the soccer team. You're talking about St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. What do you think St. Louis's sports reputation is outside of St. Louis? What do you think people from outside think about us? Probably don't think about us much is the honest answer. <laughs> right. and that's, not, that's not a shot. It's just reality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if they are sports fans, would think that it is a baseball town. Yeah. Um, even though I think that that is not accurate. Not accurate in the sense that I think it does a disservice to the passion that the region has for sports as a whole. Yeah. Whether you want to take into account, say, the 2018 PGA Championship, um, or you want to talk about the support the Blues get. I was watching some of the speeches and uh, the Q&A they did at the Hall of Fame last week, the Blues Hall of Fame, and everybody raves about the fans, and that's a real thing. If it weren't, so many of these guys would get done playing here, and they can live wherever they want yeah. and and move to take your pick of wherever. Mm-hmm. But how many, I mean, the reason why youth hockey is so strong here right now is because of the Blues alumni. So the fan base there, I think you're about to see it with STL City. I think that is going to be a huge thing, appealing to a fan base, a portion of a fan base that does not necessarily go to Cardinals and Blues games. And I think you're going to see youthful energy there, which is going to be incredibly exciting and new for this market. Uh, especially if you're in compare and contrast to the lower bowl with the knitting section at the Rams games <laughs> and the PSLs. And uh, it's just a passionate sports fan base that if people are familiar with it or if they do care about it, I would put it up against any. And that's got nothing to do with me being from here. It really doesn't. Because if anything, I'll be the first one to criticize St. Louis. Because um, if you love something, you're not afraid to acknowledge faults and want to see improvement. But in this case... I don't know where you're going to find people more passionate um, and playing a role in players wanting to either play here or when they're done stay here. Yep, yep. I think that's a, I think that's a very astute point. I think St. Louis gets the rap of the baseball town, but it, it really truly is. I mean, you saw it with the 2019 Blues run, like you said, the 2018 PGA Championship. That's why the Cronky thing pisses me off. I get wanting to move. It's like yeah. I was talking about earlier on TMA. Like, I get Clark Hunt wanting the St. Louis market. If you're a Chiefs businessman, you're a businessman. That's business. I get it. I don't fault Cronky for wanting to move to L.A. at all. I know that might sound strange. I get it because it's good business. But the manner with which it was done was so crooked. And then the crap on this market is if it's a bad football fan base, is just absolute BS, and that is a narrative. That's what the narrative would be. Also, yeah. baseball town, but lost a bunch of football teams. Terrible football town. Complete BS, and and it's not something that can ever be fixed. You right. know, you can't. Yeah, you can complain all you want, but eventually, it's just that's the court of public opinion. Hey, let me make sure I break here because, okay. uh, and I hate to interrupt the Thursday. All good. Thunderdome. Yeah, it's yes. the Thunderdome. And I'm a big fan. Thank but you. otherwise, we'll, we'll do two one-minute <laughs> yeah. segments. Especially because of the question that I had coming up. Oh, what was that? Uh, if the Rams had successful seasons in their last five years here, do you think they'd still be in St. Oh, Louis? me and Martin Kilcoyne talked about that when he was in uh, on TMA last week. All right, we'll take a break. We'll have that. Plus, I'll go into a deep dive. I'm going to go through all these uh, 314-399-9646 Air Comfort Service text line. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you to the top of the hour. You are welcome to partake in the festivities by texting in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line, or using the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop, deep dive, wide berth Thursday here on the program. I've got my topic, and it kind of actually is a byproduct of of what we were just talking about at the tail end. Um, I'll tie it in here momentarily, but what do we have on this th- this Thursday Thunderdome? Yeah, Thursday Thunderdome. I'm going to go to the next question, which I alluded to uh, in our last segment. No, you teased it is what you did. Yeah. You teased it, and you teased it really well, sir. 
if the Rams had more success, let's say maybe some deep playoff runs in the five years leading up to their move, would they still be in St. Louis? No, when you use the five-year time frame. But I do believe, and I know Martin Kilcoin thinks this, mm-hmm. and I think Randy Carricker thinks it too, or at least thinks about it's a possibility. And I think we're in the minority in St. Louis on this, that if they won Super Bowl thirty-six, that it takes... You ever see the film Mr. Destiny with the delightful Jim Belushi? I, I have not. Michael Caine. <laughs> Naming actors will not change if I saw the picture or not. I do love Michael Caine and I do love Jim Belushi. John Lovitz played the role of Flip. I love John Lovitz. Wow. His SNL stuff. Yeah, that so on the bingo card. You probably just won. Him and Brimley are like my two. Wilford Brimley and John Lovitz. Yeah. If, the, if those two. 314 399 just odd <laughs> for for somebody in their 50s to say, much less somebody who's 24. I know. It's wild, but I do. I do love well, that. That cabin is going to be a hotbed of activity. But I digress. In Mr. Destiny, the film was based on the delightful Jim Belushi and showing how his life would have changed had he, in the high school state baseball championship game, connected and had a home run to win the game as opposed to what wound up happening, and that is striking out mm. and he was he was married to linda hamilton love linda hamilton really what terminator. a parlay this is terminator no i'm i'm aware but uh just again <laughs> surprising from you t2 oh man um and and so what michael kane with with dots that appeared in the air like stars <laughs> and i don't want to spoil this is a spoiler alert on mr destiny which came out in 92 i think uh, he showed L.J. Burroughs, this is what happened when you swung and missed, but here is how the trajectory goes up, X, axis, Y axis, if you hit the home run. Mm. And now he's like the president of the sporting goods company in the neighborhood and as opposed to whatever role he has. Sure. And my point being, the trajectory for St. Louis in the NFL changes dramatically. And Mike Martz, I think lost his way. I think Jay Zygmunt and Charlie Army lost their way, became tension out there amongst those parties, and it just started to spiral. I also think one that's kind of underrated is the fact that they lost, and it wasn't the first round, it was the divisional round, it was their first playoff game after they had a hell of a 2003 regular season. I think that was a 13-win season. And, uh, and that was the Steve Smith overtime, double overtime touchdown in which Jason Seahorn's athletic supporter was emblazoned into the 48-yard line. But those, to me, changed the trajectory. By the time you're talking about 2011, I think the ship was was already about to sail. Gotcha. So I don't think it could have changed. But 2002, February, Tom Brady, New Orleans Superdome, rocket launchers outside of the building. It was four months after September 11th and barbed wire. I was there. It was really creepy to walk into. Uh, that changes that changes the trajectory, I believe. Mm. So let's uh, another, like, let's say in 2015... They win the Super Bowl. I mean, I know this is a total hypothetical, theoretical. They didn't make the playoffs, so it's totally nonsense. But do you think, like, a Super Bowl-winning team wins and then moves the next year? Like, it, it would just be nuts to me, I think. I don't uh, know. Maybe I'm all... No, I, I get it. It's just, it was it was done. It, yeah. was, it was just done. It was done. I think it was done. I think it was done probably 2012-ish. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I remember the late, great Brian Burwell and Joe Strauss were doing a show for us at CBS Sports 920. And I remember the day they were doing a live remote from the over-under bar on Washington Avenue. Mm-hmm. 
And right as they were about to go on the air, they said, we just got information that Kroenke has bought a piece of land in Inglewood that is fit for a stadium, of course, than Demoff said. And it was surprising because he didn't tell the truth. Right, right. He said, uh, well, this Stan is looking for land all over, and I can tell you, none of it is for a stadium. And as it turns out, actually, that wasn't the truth. And I know that's alarming. But uh, it it was in motion, and I don't think there was anything St. Louis at that point could do. And the NFL and Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell were going to make sure that that legislation was passed through their quote-unquote Congress. So I, I don't think they're, I, yeah, they could have won back-to-back Super Bowls in 2014 <laughs> and 15, and it wasn't going to change anything. All right. But the thing that's, that what would have changed is people would have gone, St. Louisans are packing this building, and right. you're going to move out? And so it became this, well, look, they don't support the team. Right. And that's the thing that pisses me off, which gets me into the deep dive topic. And there are so many texts here. I got to go find it again. A gentleman just texted in when we were talking a little bit about St. Louis as a sport. You asked the question, what is the perception of St. Louis as a sports market mm-hmm. um, around the country? And, it's, and, and I said, I don't think like like if you live in New York or L.A., you think about Indiana or Indianapolis as a sports market. Mm-hmm. It's just not what you think about. Sure. But if you're a sports fan and you're asked about St. Louis, what do you think of? Let's 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 play the game with you here. Uh, Kansas City, the Chiefs. Okay. I think football. Sure. So St. Louis, I would imagine most would say baseball. If yeah. you're a sports oh, yeah. fan and you're paying close attention, you realize it's a passionate sports market. And so what this person texted and says, guys, I moved to Denver two years ago, and you don't feel the blood in the veins of the fans here like you do with the Cardinals and Blues fans. So many transplants here. And many other cities, St. Louis just feels different. And what this uh, person who texted in, 314 area code, but living in Denver, you hit the nail on the head on one of the reasons, which is St. Louis is a provincial city, which certainly comes with a lot of negatives as far as take your pick of whatever element you'd want to go with, but government being one from my standpoint, and openness to people from the outside coming in. I'm sure those of you who aren't from here know exactly what I'm talking about. It's great for those of us who went here. Uh, or, or from here, but it can be tough if you aren't from here, yeah. and then you have to come here, and it's 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 a tough nut to crack, so to speak. Denver, Denver, Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Miami, Tampa. Is Tampa a transient? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm listing to transient cities of the, the last top of my five head. years. I feel like, yeah, tra- Tampa, probably, Boston. especially. I know Tampa's real estate market is still going up, even though a lot of markets around the country. St. Louis, by the way, went up. Fun fact for no one tell. Totally irrelevant the conversation, but. Just reading that uh, a couple days ago, St. Louis was one of the few real estate markets that went up over the last year. Anyway, my point being, that is the foundation for a great sports market. People who have had their love of the teams and their love of the games ingrained in them, really subconsciously, by parents, friends of parents, their friends at a young age, grandparents, and it is a tradition. So... If slash when I were to move to South Florida, I'm not going to go, sweet, the Panthers are having a good year. <laughs> right. Oh, let's go Dolphins. You know, it's it's it will never be like what exactly. the Cardinals and Blues are. You can't replicate that. So it becomes more of a social event. Sure. And I'm not saying that that's, that's wrong because, again, to each their own. What does it matter to me if somebody's there socially? I'd prefer if there's an intense moment of a football or baseball or hockey game that they don't yell at me to sit down. Now, I've never had anybody yell at me to sit down at the Enterprise Center, but I have at Bush Stadium. And again, I mean, you can see over me if I'm standing. <laughs> it shouldn't be an issue. But uh, the, the the fans here are so passionate because it's passed on from generation to generation. Another thing 
that I think separates it is St. Louisans. You can take it one way or you can take it the other way. You could either say chip on the shoulder or pride. And I feel like the la- the former contributes to the latter. In other words, if you feel like you've been slighted, and certainly 2015 yeah. with the Rams would be a perfect example of why fans would hear, feel slighted, mm-hmm. um, that then you want to show every chance you get that you are a great sports town. I just don't think realistically around the country people, like you say, hey, we're the best fans in baseball. People go, okay. According to who, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's what you're like hanging your hat on. Like, <laughs> right. you don't have anything else going on. I mean, that's that you support a you know game that isn't necessarily got a young audience. Uh, so that that is a big part of it is that there is a pride here in St. Louis that plays a role in. It's, it's similar to college sports. If you're from Alabama, you're used to getting crapped on about being in Alabama. Yeah. Well, here's our football team, and Roll Tide will defend us, even though most of these guys aren't from Alabama. Right. But th- we're going to show you, and we're just going to, and hopefully, we're going to beat a team from the North, ideally. Yeah, that'd be the best. One. <laughs> Absolutely. Boston College or something. Yeah, well, that would be the ideal <laughs> one. Big, big, big Ten will suffice. Pac 12, too. Preferably California. Uh, maybe Oregon, just because we can think about Portland. And, and so something along those lines, it, it plays a role in the subconscious element of being. A fan. Yeah. And so that is a big part of it. When I think of, if you th- if you were to think of the top four sports markets in the country, I'm putting you on the spot here. And I think we were asked this question, I feel mm-hmm. like within the last couple of months. Yeah. Like immediately yeah. Boston comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philly, I think Philly. And uh, Philadelphia, I mean, it's certainly it's a different kind of sports fan. Yeah. Um, but both of those cities, I mean, they're huge cities. Yeah. But they have people with real roots in those areas. Don't get me wrong. They certainly have transplants, but I think they have a hell of a lot more roots than, you know, the transient cities I was naming earlier. And that plays a role in it. Any other one that uh, would stand out to you? I think Kansas City's got great sports fans. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. I think Pittsburgh has incredible sports yeah. fans. Uh, and they're huge Pirates fans. I know you've never... Do you know that? Oh, yeah. They're so, the Penguins are huge. And I go, if you think Pittsburgh, what do you think? of The Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah. But... And talking with people from Pittsburgh, they're like, oh, I mean, the Penguins are huge, but God, they want the Pirates to do well. Yeah. And I go, are the Pirates aware of that? Because <laughs> it doesn't really seem like they're all that active, <laughs> minus an odd Chris Archer trade at the deadline. You yeah. know, they'll sacrifice their future. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Cleveland comes to mind. Like, team, like similar to St. Louis, where the, the sports teams become the identity of the city. Like, when I think of Pittsburgh, I think of black and yellow. Now, obviously, Wiz Khalifa's song helps with that, but that yes. is the truth. 2010? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that's what I think of. I think of the sports towns, whereas I think of L.A., I don't think of sports. I think of the And nor do many people in L.A., but also I understand it. Right. Same totally. thing in South Florida. If you have beautiful weather— and you can be on a boat or be doing something outdoors, sitting inside to watch a game is not necessarily the way you want to spend your day. Yeah. And I completely understand that. I would imagine if those of us in the St. Louis area were living in one of those cities, we would probably find that to be the case. And furthermore, if you're not from the yeah. area. Yeah, which most, not most, but a lot of people aren't. New York is what maybe one of the exceptions because for the transplant it has, it also has so many lifelongers. And that, the New York sports transcend just new york it goes way outside of that in the la thing i mean it's such a pain to travel to get there right i feel that's why you're going to continue to have more people who are from the other team filling sofi stadium yeah so 
I, I think that it's it's unfortunate because I really do think, and it's not going to happen, but if there were an NFL franchise here, like what you saw for that month of the Battle Hawks right. in 2020, you would see a different kind of atmosphere at whatever building it would be and a passion to shove it up the backside of the NFL, unlike anything. I, I would compare it to what you see with like the Bills Mafia. Right. That yeah. kind of fan. Because that's what I saw with the Battlehawks in 2020. I'm like, oh, this this isn't what we had when I was going to those Rams games every weekend working at KMOV. It was, it was a sleepy atmosphere relative to the caliber of product on the field in the early 2000s. The crap that happened right before they were moving, anybody would be bored by that not showing up. But I'm talking about relative, and I know it was loud, and of course it was loud. It was dome with this incredible offense. But relative to how good the team was, the building was not um, as intimidating of a, of a place to play as it could have been because you had this lower bowl with PSL holders who were knitting sweaters and yelling at people to sit down. And it, it happened. All right, we'll take a break. Your thoughts are welcome. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for another 38 seconds. <laughs> We're going to maximize a breaking news out of the NFL. The Buccaneers have fired Byron Lofich, the uh, oh, offensive wow. coordinator. Wow. Boy, he was like a... Head coach candidate a couple yeah. years oh, ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Good quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's uh I don't know what the the Bucks future is so hazy. I mean, you don't know what's gonna happen with Brady and the coaching carousels. I don't know. You think Tom Brady plays again? Yes. I feel like I'm yes. doing a show with Stephen A. Smith and Mad Dog here going to this topic. You do. <laughs> Should I scream it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I do. Where do you think he plays? Vegas or New York. Jets or Raiders. I don't think he would do Jets, but maybe he would. They got some young talent at the wide receiver position that most people don't know about. I think they're a QB away, man, and their defense is really strong, especially the secondary. I think that that could be, I mean, go out in New York. There's there's talk in New England. I was reading that yesterday. I just, I I saw that Mac Jones was looking to maybe move on, and so I I get it. Uh, I think he would actually probably be better suited if Brady went there to learn for a year from Brady, but... I think that I don't know. I, I don't personally see the new because if he doesn't succeed, it's like kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Julian Edelman uh, yesterday was doing an interview. I was really surprised by him saying this. This isn't really kind of the, yeah saying that he he's done in Tampa, right? And that he's going to try to talk to him and then get back on the podcast to let him know what he says. <laughs> like the hell are you doing? You played in the NFL for however many years. You understand you don't do that. You know, Edelman has been on a lot of podcasts and just is letting it rip. It's just, you know. Uh, All right, WK and Ferrari are coming up next. Blues and Predators tonight pregame at 6 p.m. That's coming your way as the Blues try to make it back-to-back wins. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganasts here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.